Hi, this is Bill Walton, and you're listening to The Bill Walton Show, and I'm here with my friends and frequent collaborators, John Tamney and Brian McNichol. Brian, as I think I've mentioned in the past, is a veteran newspaper reporter and editor who grew up in the sports department of a daily newspaper. Uh, John is the editor of Real Clear Markets and also has got an upcoming book called What When Politicians Panic, and both uh, Brian and John uh, are certified football, college football fanatics. Uh, and the topic today is what's happening with the college football season, fall 2020. It seems to be crazy all over the place. Some people are playing, some people are canceling. I guess the Big Ten is canceled. Um, Brian, you want to lead off? Give us, give us your thoughts yeah, on where the, we are. The, the season actually got underway Saturday night. It was a really good game, too. Austin P played uh, Central Arkansas. And they played in Montgomery, Alabama. So it was not a home game for either team. Uh, game went right down to the wire. The first play from scrimmage was a 75-yard touchdown uh, by Austin P. You know, it was it, it looked like football. They had limited crowd there. I think they had about two or three thousand people in about a thirty thousand seat stadium. So they didn't get underway. There, you could hear crowds cheering and so forth. Um, <clears throat> Central Arkansas, they're doing something interesting their conference and in fact both schools are kind of in this situation <clears throat> their conference canceled the season so they don't have any league games but they have like put together a schedule they have two home and home games they have two teams they've they've arranged to play home and home and i think they ended up with a total of eight or nine games so they kind of made their own season out of out of nothing so we are underway but it's like the big boys don't hit till I think well, late this month. Is anybody going earlier than the last Saturday? John, what have you heard? Yeah, I, th I think I think Brian's right. It's it's later on in September that it's officially going to get started, which is so sad because, as we know, Labor Day weekend is usually the kickoff for this. It's a joyous. There's something so right and such a good feeling about the fall, yet alarmism's taking it from us. And I, I I'll just add my two cents, I think we can all agree that the political implications of this are huge. If I were President Trump or if I were any politician, I would be all over Ohio. I'd be all over Los Angeles. I'd be all over Michigan, Iowa, Pens central Pennsylvania, talking to the, them about what alarmism has taken from them. Some, something so essential to the soundtrack of the fall has been taken from them and what they've taken from athletes in doing this. It's, it's really well, and it's funny because this cuts both ways. I mean, the, the, the Biden people are now running ads showing empty football stadiums, blaming Donald Trump and claiming that the reason we're not having a football season is, is Donald Trump. And, and I don't think anybody in Ohio or Pennsylvania or Wisconsin or Michigan really believes that, you know, Brian, what's your take? Well, I, I actually, last week I was in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Indiana. Indiana's playing high school football. You can, you know, they're having games and crowds. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about my Hoosiers from Bloomington? Yeah, yeah. They've well, always not played. The university. I, w I went to school there. They've always played high school level football. <laughs> <laughs> but they, that um, was insulting, Brian. <laughs> um, hurt. We actually went to, we went to Bloomington and yeah. uh the like the drum corps people were practicing you know like the people who you know marched the flag out and all that stuff they were we saw them practicing on the field and but you know there's no football i don't understand you know i guess um the the big 10 is starting to have some second thoughts 
But I talked to people all over Ohio and uh, Pennsylvania, and they are absolutely furious about this. They, you know, even, you know, regardless of who they blame, some people blame Trump. Most of them don't blame Trump. They blame the other side, loosely defined. But they, but they are furious. Like, football is a cultural thing. And, I, you know, as a sports writer, I can tell you that I was never – more valued by society than these two or three weeks of the year because everybody wants to know how their team is going to do. And the sports writers are the only ones who know at that point. Nobody's played a game. You know, so everybody was like, you know, hanging on every word you wrote and all that stuff. And all that's gone this year. It's like, who knows what we're going to get. Well, Kevin Warren is uh, commissioner of the Big Ten and he somebody wrote, he's, he's well known for his left-wing political activism. And he was working earlier this spring, or uh, to to figure out ways he could he could defeat Donald Trump in the uh, in the November third election. So he obviously has an, a political agenda, but it's not clear whether the other commissioners do or how much sway he has. What what are the what are the politics? Let's let's stick with the, with the Big Ten right now. How did, how's that? How's that? How's that playing out among the commissioners and among the university presidents? What do they think? three of them voted against it. Three schools in the Big Ten voted against canceling the season. Also, the thing about Kevin Warren is his son plays at Mississippi State. His son's getting ready for a season. So his son will be out playing, but the league he runs will be canceled. And the reason he gave were all the horribles associated with the, uh, with the virus. But as I understand it, they're still playing high school football in Pennsylvania with Penn State. They're still playing professional football in Pennsylvania with the Eagles. Same thing's true up in Wisconsin. The Packers are playing, the high school play people are playing. And so everybody else in football has decided that they can play at high school and professional levels, but not college. Right. You know, there's, there's a former uh, LSU player, his name escapes me, but uh, when he went to play for the Carolina Panthers, he was shocked by how much lower quality the facilities was, were for the Panthers versus LSU. And this was before LSU <laughs> major $35 million rehabs of what was already great. And so keep this in mind, Bill, in terms of what you're saying. Ohio State, which, had, which is the most valuable college football program in the United States when they tried to put a valuation on it, has the best facilities in the world, better than any pro team. They can't play college football, but as you allude, high school football is taking place in, in Ohio. It's taking place in Pennsylvania. And think of what this means for Ohio State fans. They are ranked, presently ranked number two. They had a very real chance to win it all this year. Justin Fields, their quarterback, a transfer from Georgia, was viewed as the front runner for the Heisman. These guys have had their season taken from them by this alarmism. This, it's not just sad. I mean, it's so cruel to what they're doing to the players. But you think of the political implications of this. If I were Donald Trump or if I were Biden, if Biden had a clue, I would camp out the rest of this campaign in, in Columbus, Ohio, and, and, just, and just campaign from there. Yeah, well, and they have, they have um, Ohio. They're they're the cancellation. The, the also the time the timing of this. So you know, like LSU has twenty two guys signed for next year, and the NCAA is saying they're going to let everybody basically roll over their year of eligibility. So 
you know, if you're only allowed 85 scholarships and you're bringing in 22 and you're not making anybody advance a year, you know, how does that work out? You know, where do those guys, how do they fit on the roster? Well, you know, and, let's, you know, and, and also the, the risk to the kids, the, the disease are almost nothing. I mean, the, right. the, what's the NFL's already opened. It's, it's, it's training camp with, and they're playing padded practice. And as I understand it, they've got like 2,500, 2,600 players in the NFL all practicing now. And there's been one case right. of COVID-19 and they've been practicing for what, six weeks. So, right. you know, the, the, the risks from this so-called disease are, are just not there for, for healthy kids like this. Even going by the government's figures, uh, people under 44, there are fewer than 5,000 people have died of COVID. And, and, you know, Bill, you and I have discussed this at this point numerous times. This alarmism about the coronavirus is about well-to-do elites who don't worry about uh, making rent or, or yeah. how they're going to eat. And it's consistently hit those with the least. And so you think about this, college football is more than a game. It is the way out for so many people. It is the way to better things. It does. If you go to Columbus, Ohio today, or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Austin, Texas, yeah. the number players, former players that never played a down of the NFL that have great jobs in those cities because they were on these teams, because they were participating, because they got to know the alums was substantial. And so look at what you're doing to the people. This was their path to better things. But once again, because comfortable Americans don't want to be threatened with anything anymore, they are going to take away opportunity from those who was their pat their, their way out it is to to talk about this is to become enraged yeah. well the, you know this is just we talk about this this is this is sort of the elites operating in in this in the, they have this disdain of football particularly if you go on the campuses the the professors and the rest of the university really doesn't approve of the athletic program to begin with and you know i saw a chart recently that showed the economic impact of this shutdown is if you look at the top 25% of income earners who are typically in the professional classes, they're right back where they were. They're even a little higher than where they were in January, February. And then the sort of the middle, middle group is down 15% or so, but the bottom half is down still 40%, something like that, and, and, and slow to recover. And so this football thing hits those people in, in one of the things that's, their, uh, that's, the, that's part of their joy. Yeah. And another thing is, you know, another untold part of this is, um, you know, like John, I know your league, Pac-12, you know, they're 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 good at the, you know, what we call minor sports, right? They're, you know, they're they're good in football. They have good football teams. They're, you know, the best team in the Pac-12 is one of the best teams in the country. But they're, but the, you know, they're John, also you got you can't let you can't let him get away with just that. But anyway, we'll continue, Brian. <laughs> but they're good at like you're, you're, uh, they're you're good now at insulted me too, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Stanford has something like 290 Olympians that are, you know, uh, graduates of, of Stanford because they're, they're Stanford makes a point of being good at all these sports. Well, those sports are all paid for by football, right? You have no football, you know, Stanford's already cut like seven teams, you know, and that's your if Olympic Stanford team. were a country it would have the most gold medals of any country in the world as of the last Olympics. And if USC, talking about another Pac-12 school, 
Um, if USC were a country, historically, it would have the second most gold medals, second to the United States. And, and to Brian's exact point, they've taken that away. And you think, again, what this, so it's been terrible for the little sports because football floats the boat. But I think back to three years ago, every, every two years I go speak at Clemson and I stay at the Abernathy Hotel. And Clemson has been utterly transformed by Dabo Sweeney and the greatness of the football team. It used to be kind of an average campus. Now, now it's a palace. And so I was checking in at the Abernathy and, and the girl behind the desk said, I have my job because of Coach Sweeney. Because of what he achieved, Clem, Clemson is a, is a very well-to-do place now that employs thousands of people. You can't employ those people without football, but once again, elites who have no clue, who will never miss a meal, are taking away opportunity for the people with the least. John, you've written about football. I mean, it's a really big industry. And you know, assistant coaches. Four billion in college. It's four billion. Yeah. And is that how much of that's TV, and how much of it's tickets, and and, and how much of it's uh, alumni donation? Well, stop. <laughs> yeah. You know, so the TV, the TV obviously helps, but you look at the the, the endowment for Alabama since Saban got there. He earns what eleven million a year. What he's meant to the school in terms of its wealth is incalculable. Uh, what Carroll meant to USC, Dab what Dabba Sweeney's meant went for Clemson, it's now very hard to get into and the money flows in. So with football drives everything and they've taken this all away. But, but again, Bill, as you look, there, there, there's opportunity beyond this. The average SEC assistant earns 253, no, average SEC assistant earns $400,000 a year. Right, we have $2 million. Just in Georgia alone, no, no, 36 coaches in Georgia alone, high school level earn in the six figures. This is just Georgia. So football is the way it's increasingly, it's a career for people. Yet, as, as Brian alludes, in limiting the ability to play this year, you push some players out, they won't be able to get scholars. You're limiting really the career path for a lot of people that for most of them, it doesn't include the NFL, but LSU is the way to something else and they've had it taken away from them. So That's right. There's a long list. There's something called Dandy Don, which follows LSU sports. And he has a long, like, pages and pages list of where the former players are. And if you go read through it, there's a few of them. Yeah, there's a couple of them in prison or whatever. But almost all of them are, you know, they're either an executive of some kind or they own a business or they're law enforcement or whatnot, right? They, I mean, they get upstanding jobs. And like John said, you know, it's jobs that those connections – helped them get you know they knew they could go to a banker and they've like i've met you before when i was playing at lsu you know so, people don't understand like what a huge and plus you know the towns it's like you know los angeles can probably handle it that the trojans don't play this year but you know manhattan kansas bloomington indiana you yes. know those places are crushed by this so the so the uh, let me understand the basketball tends to not be a ticket to the middle class for a lot of the players that don't make it into the NBA. But what I'm hearing from you guys is that football is, and for whatever reason, the football players end up uh, doing a lot of things successfully besides football when they graduate or get out of college. Is that, is that accurate? Well, basketball, there's more of this than you think. Uh, basketball, okay. those guys end up meeting people too. And there's a lot of coaching opportunities. Okay. But, but, but yet, Bill, certainly with football, it's true. And let's just ask the basic question. You, you've run businesses. And so if, if some former Alabama player, a graduate came to you, 
Um, what would you ask him most? Um, the time, what he learned from Nick Saban or what he learned in accounting class? What, what you get from playing under these geniuses is incalculable. It makes you interesting to interviewers. And as Brian well, has, it, it also connects you with the richest, most accomplished alums of those schools. You've got connections that any other kid with straight A's at that same school would give anything to have because you can suddenly open sorts of doors. And so when you shut down the plane, people say, oh, they're, they're being exploited. It's not what I would give to know the richest alums from USC, LSU, Texas, Ohio State. These kids have that in addition to the possibility. Well, but, but, what they've really, but, but what they've really learned is they learn how to play in a team and a system. And, you know, one of my, tra one of my trainers, Lamar, uh, played at Ohio State and he still got his play he still has his playbooks from Ohio State and the, and the amount of discipline it takes to memorize that and do the things you need to do to be successful is extraordinary but I got to push back John I, I taught accounting and to work my way through business school so I'm I'm not going to be deeply offended because I will say that I, I went to, I got an MBA did well but the only class that really mattered was accounting so pick something else pick marketing <laughs> <laughs> you don't need, you don't need you don't need marketing you don't need business uh, development and all that but 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 yeah but you're right I mean I think the 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 whole profile of somebody that you know college in itself this this whole thing they're going through now this has made colleges very vulnerable and that we're talking about revenue here but it's also made them vulnerable to what kind of experience are they providing to students and if you can't if you can't get on campus, if you can't have football, what, what is college, uh, what's, what's the package that parents are paying for? That's a very good point because, you know, if you're, say, you live in Michigan, right, and you're trying to choose between Michigan State and Oakland County, you know, County Community College, why do you choose Michigan State? Because your classes are Zoom, uh, you know, there's no football, the things that brought national attention to the school are gone. I mean, why would you not? You know, and, and it's, you know, one fifteenth the price. Why would you pay all that money to, to you know, your Zoom comes from Lansing as opposed to Oakland, right? What's the difference there? What value is there of, of go paying that money for that big name school if you don't have all this? I mean, people like, like you say, you know, your, your endowment and all that stuff goes up and... You know, the, these kids want, they like being on TV on Saturday night, waving at the camera, right? And, I mean, that's a big, that's a bigger thing than people think. Well, it's September now, what's the landscape? How many college teams are there? What, 900, 1,000 that, are, that, are, that have a football program? There's uh, about 300. Um, the ones that matter, uh, there's five conferences that matter, basically, um, and, and, and how, are, many, how, how many of them are playing and how many of them have schools. shut down? Is, 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 big, is the Big Ten an outlier? Uh, big Ten and Pac-12 are, are out completely. So is the Mountain West, the MAC, the Mid-America Conference, uh, SEC, Big 12, ACC are planning to play a schedule of only conference games. I think the ACC may be allowing you to play one non-conference game. Well, how are they social distancing and masking and all the, what, what are the crowds like? What, what's, what are they, what, are, what adjustments have they made? The SEC has not made a decision on whether to let people uh, watch the games yet. It, hasn't Georgia said that it's 25% full? 
in the agency. What, yeah, the, that's the, the one, fill, the one the, woman I've heard of. I they'll fill the stands with 25% yeah. or so if they've got 100,000. It just defeats the purpose. It just, right. what makes the, the SEC the greatest conference in the world, that, that's a bone I'm throwing to you, Brian. Yeah. Is that it's not just the players. I think one of the reasons they get such great players increasingly from around the country is the stadiums are filled. It is such an event at SEC schools on weekends. And because of this, this, this alarmism, the, sit, the towns will be increasingly empty. And so it's a disaster for the economies of the towns. It's a disaster for the schools because the alums won't, the rich alums won't be flying their private jets there to attend the games. Uh, the implications of this go so far beyond just the players, but let's be clear, the players and the small businesses in the area and the schools are going to be hit in, in just tragic ways. Well, yeah, like at LSU, LSU plays a home football game. There's about 105,000 people in the stadium and about 100,000 outside the stadium cooking and, you know, celebrating and so forth. So they have these big screens hooked up to generators. It's quite a, you know, you've been there. It's a city, well, basically, well, outside yeah, of Tiger Stadium. As a, as a veteran of Indiana, Hoosier games where the real action was outside in the, uh, in the, in the tailgating. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We didn't go much to watch the football, but what? So is, is this just, is, is, let's talk about class warfare and let's talk about politics. I mean, I've characterized this as the elite. Certainly the university administrations are on the left and not at all supportive of Trump. I mean, do you, how much of the decisions about locking down, not locking down are, are political? Well, I mean, if you look at who decided to play ACC, and SEC and Big 12, that's all Trump country. And who didn't decide to play the West Coast and the upper Midwest? I mean. Well, so, okay, so it is, again, this, this is another, this is like the 53rd item on our list of why this is not just about a disease, it's about politics. Uh, so circling back to uh, Governor Whitmer's Michigan, does shutting down Michigan, Michigan State help hurt Trump in November? Helps no Trump. way, not a chance. It's got to help Trump. And, and I do not, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys could inform me about this. I want to stress once again that if, if I were Trump, he's got Texas locked down. He's got Alabama locked down. He should spend all of his time campaigning throughout Ohio, talking about the number two Buckeyes having been robbed of their season and go to Michigan, the same thing. Michigan was going to be good this year. Go to Iowa, go to Pennsylvania, all these states that are thought to be on the edge. And then I would add, if there's, if there's a few on the West Coast that, that, that maybe are leaning, go talk about what this has meant because it's, it's the easiest politics on earth. As Brian alludes, there's a reason. The, there's no way SEC states could have shut down college football. The political implications would have been so dire for the governor that oversaw this, there's just no chance. That's right. And, and Ed came out, Ed Orgeron came out very early in this and said, you know, the country needs football. He's someone we share, you know, it was UC, USC before he came back to LSU. Um, and I've known Ed since he was in college, since he was playing. And, um, you know, he, he was very forceful about, you know, A, he likes Trump, and B, you know, Louisiana needs football. Alabama needs football. Mississippi needs football. It's not, it's not one, it's need, you know. 
So have you talked with anybody? Have we seen any polls? Or has anybody uh, done, uh, done an analysis of the, of the battleground state guys analyzed this and figured out how, do we, how to run ads to, uh, to message this? I think you know, John has got the best thoughts on it I've heard. You know, I think there's very little like effort to take advantage of it. If I was Trump, I was thinking about your idea. I would, you know, I'd go to Ohio and say, y'all are going to kill Michigan this year. And then I'd go to Michigan and say, y'all are going to kill Ohio State this year. Hey, you said, hey, I know what I said. I was on the wrong side of the border. That's right. Penn State was trying to, um, and there was a couple of other Big Ten schools. Penn, the three votes against it were Penn State, Nebraska, and Iowa. And I think Penn State and Nebraska were talking about joining another conference just for this year so they could play football. And the commissioner said, if you do that, you're out of the Big Ten forever. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's being politically foreclosed. No one is even pretending this has to do with health anymore. Well, I guess we don't know. Go ahead. You, you, you think about, so LSU and Ed Orgeron, last year's LSU team was arguably the best ever. But until then, no one really took Ed Orgeron seriously as a coach. He transformed his image last year and put so many players in the NFL. What coach missed out on the same opportunity to be this year's Orgeron? What players for all these schools missed out on their breakout season. And so they talk about spring football. If you have spring football, you can, that, that means that there's no fall next year. You cannot go from spring to fall. So if the Pac-12 and Big Ten decide that we're going, oh, we're going to do this in the spring, which no one would care about, that means they're gone for another real season. So what, it's, what it means for Ohio State, Michigan, USC, UCLA, Oregon players it really is cruel. And again, if I were Trump, I would nail this over and over again. Yeah, because people hate it. People are inflamed, enraged by it. So I'm not a scientist, but I am a statistician and done a lot of <laughs> math work. And, you know, the latest that seemed to come out is that we've got 180,000 deaths from this COVID-19, supposedly, or correlate or connected with, but it also turns out that 93% of those deaths had an average of 2.3 or 2.6 comorbidities, right. which means if you take the six or five or six, six or seven percent times 180,000, there are basically 9,000 people who have died of COVID-19 only. Right. And yet, and yet I, we've seen a spike in suicides that one number I saw yesterday was there like 75,000 suicides that seem to have been sort of on top of what normally happens during the last six months. Do you guys have any feel for, um, you know, what the real impact of this virus has been on people's dying or, or, or whatever? Well, you know, not only is it, you know, 9,200 or whatever it is, but half of the people who have died were 85 or older. Two thirds were 75 or older. So nobody, so, nobody playing tackle for Ohio State is, is in the is in the wheelhouse here at all, right? And they're just not. It's like these are young guys. Um, there's not been a single case of a kid giving it to an adult and the adult died. Um, there are the number of people below 20 who have died of COVID is mid double digits, like 45 so, or 50. So, so what's wrong with us that we're not terrified? Like six, the polls show 60, 65, 70% of America is still very, very, very fearful. What, what, what am I missing? It's a full media onslaught telling you be safe, wear masks, 
you know, it's Karening of society. Well, Brian, that, that's one area where I'm going to give give some pushback. I don't buy the media narrative, and here's why. Um, we're all Facebook friends. And if you went through my Facebook feed, you'd be getting the information that we've just talked about, about the 94% from the CDC. Uh, if you pick up even the New York Times, I, I get some of my best information about why this isn't very lethal from the New York Times. They've been reporting for months that 40% of the U.S. deaths were related to nursing homes. And so... Compare this, if this happens in 1980, okay, for one, you couldn't have had the lockdowns and the economy wasn't advanced enough to do something so decadent. But if you had it in 1980, our access to the information we're talking about would have been very limited. Nowadays, we're bombarded with what we, with, with the information that, that we're passing on. So I don't think it's a media thing, I, I, but I'm willing to be persuaded. Media or so or social media or or which one? I mean, is it uh, are we talking Facebook or the New York Times or both? Well, I think it's both. I think they're 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 blurred. They're one and the same now. And if you look at if you looked at, at my Facebook feed, and I think I can speak for all three of us, we are bombarded with information showing how overstated is the lethality of this and why people should just kind of relax. And so. I, very confused as to why people are still buying into this. Because well, but nobody's listening to the other side. I mean, I put out a blog a couple of days ago on the statistics I just cited, and I got a people saying, unsubscribe me. I don't want to hear that. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we're canceling each other. Now, I'll yeah. tell you one thing that is happening, though. Um, like, I coach basketball, as you know, and uh, we coach, you know, I've coached girls. Or they're, the girls I have now are going into high school eighth grade going into ninth grade and for a long time we couldn't find anywhere to play but late in the summer people started having tournaments so we ended up playing in five tournaments and uh the soccer people the reason we stopped is soccer had started and we lost players to soccer lacrosse had started we're losing players to lacrosse so like and it's not county sports it's not school-based sports it's uh, private sports and they're the games are not in schools. They're in private gyms and so forth. So the things people can control, you know, people are voting with their feet to get back involved in this stuff. So, you know, there's that, I mean, my, you know, I have, I had 12 girls on this team. I had four, three of them who said, you know, we will not play at all this season. And uh, so we were down to nine to start with. And then I have one who, who kind of came in and started playing. So, uh, you know, there, there was, you know, there was caution and like a couple of people were like, we have immune system issues in our house. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah, you're, high, you're at heightened risk and we don't know. And, you know, so I, I don't blame you for that. But, uh, you know, most people have like, they got, they had enough and they're like, yeah, these kids can play. They're not going to get hurt. John, we're we got, we, we got, to, we got to wrap up here. I want to come back in a few weeks to kind of figure out where we are with, with football then and some other things. John, you got any, want a final thought and then we'll. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, continue. because I want to get Brian back for those mean things he said about the, the Pac-12 and Indiana Hoosiers. So we can <laughs> see some rankings in a few weeks too, but no, this, this is, thank you so much for having, having this forum. This is such an, an important discussion because I really do think once again, that this has been the reaction of a very small number of elites that has been disastrous for, again, those with the least. And, and, and I'm so glad that we can have these discussions. I, it means a lot to me.
John, Brian, I, I agree with what you just said, John, and we'll be back to talk about other aspects of this uh, in the not too distant future. So thanks for listening to the Bill Walton Show. And uh, uh, you can find us on iTunes and all the other major podcast platforms. Also, we've got a YouTube channel and uh, uh, talk with you soon. Thank you. Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Go Hoosiers. <laughs> thanks for listening. Want more? Be sure to subscribe at thebillwaltonshow.com or on iTunes.